Amen. Amen. Thank you all. Amen. Amen. Doesn't get any better than that. Doesn't get any clearer than that. Jesus be the center of it all. Amen. Amen. Lord, send your spirit in power to this heart. Would you say that with me if that's your desire this morning? Lord, send your spirit in power to this heart. Lord, send your spirit in power to this nation. I believe there's an urgency, folks, that the, that the true church of Jesus Christ, not just the name, not just the building, not just the denomination, but the true church of Jesus would cry out in the midst of where our country is and the greatness of our needs. Lord, send your spirit in power, in power to our nation. Here is a word for you to think about this morning and to consider and it's relevant, I believe it's important. The Lord sent his spirit in power into a storm. The Lord sent his spirit in power on the day of Pentecost as the church was being formed, but he sent his spirit in power into a storm. Anybody listening this morning who's walking through a storm, anybody in the middle of a storm, somehow we can think that storms, because they happen, disqualify us from being a favored child of the Lord. That somehow because there's a storm going on, and we find ourselves battling discouragement, having to deal with opposition. It seems at times and in ways to be insurmountable. But because we're in a storm, we must have messed up. I'm here to tell you today, based upon what your word, the Lord's word in your lap this morning, would indicate for us is that it can be into the storm that you're walking through that the Lord wants to send His Spirit in power to a degree that you and I may have never known otherwise. Will you find the book of Acts? It's, it's a well-traveled book in our recent history here at Alamo City. But there are so many things written and protected down through the years after the Bible has been attempted to be destroyed by various leaders and various enemies of the Lord's people. And yet it still stands. The, the Bible, the Word of God still stands. These, these accounts and the book of Acts of what the Lord has done before, how He has done the things He has done before, or for us to be encouraged by, for us to realize if God's done it once, He can do it again. 
same God, same power, same needy hearts in people. I want you to listen to this specifically. If you are finding yourself in the middle of a storm, some of you who have been through, some of you who have been through a storm, as we go over some of these truths, you're going to say, that's the truth. That is the truth. God can come to you in power in a storm. When we read into the book of Acts in Acts chapter 1, we find that it is immediately following the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. He's alive now. And he spends 40 days proving to those who had put their trust in him, who were physically close to him, 40 days speaking to them, teaching them of the things concerning the kingdom of God, Luke will record, but also proving to them by his, his presence, his physical presence, that he was indeed alive, that all that he had said that he would do, he indeed is able to do because death could not hold him. He's been exalted. But after he has taught them for 40 days, you can read this in the first few verses of Acts chapter 1, Jesus will say, but you, you're to wait. You're, you're not ready to be thrust out into the world as my ambassadors yet. You know things about the kingdom. He would teach them of the kingdom. Luke records that. More than likely in those seasons of teaching, sessions of teaching, he would point out Old Testament prophecies and then he would indicate that he fulfilled those prophecies as the Messiah. He would say to them, when Joel talked about the spirit of the Lord being poured out on all flesh and upon men and women and older uh, men, older individuals would receive this 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 filling this touch, this outpouring of the Spirit, he would say to them, what is going to happen, what you were to wait for, that's what Joel was talking about. Where it's no longer God just in expressing himself from the writings of Scripture, but there's going to come a point in time when the God who wrote the Scripture is going to come off the pages, and his heart is to write his law, to write his commandments across your heart so that there will become such a dramatic change in you that you won't be having to look externally as to how you are to behave, but there will come to be a want to, a desire from within you to want to obey the Lord. You won't be having to beat yourself up all the time at all the disobedience and all the runaway thoughts that are there. There'll, be a come, there'll come to be a change within your heart where you will desire to please the Lord. Where the, not, the, not the worst day of the week would be a church day, but the best day of the week would be when you get to be with the Lord's people and enjoy the teaching of his word, that he will do those things from the inside, and that will be by his spirit at work inside you. So he says to those who are listening to him, recorded in Acts chapter 1, you wait for what John spoke of. You wait for what the Father has promised. You wait for what I have spoken to you as well. This baptism 
of my spirit coming to take over, to possess, the presence of the king being able to dominate your life, not just by the king out there, but by the spirit of the king Jesus alive inside you. So that's what they did. They waited, and they prayed, and the day of Pentecost was the day in which the Spirit of Jesus came to possess, came to fill, came to come alive inside the ones who had been so afraid, and understandably so. Here was the storm. I must admit to you, there were three aspects of the storm that that early church was in the middle of. One of the aspects was a political storm. The Romans had moved in and had taken over Israel. Israel was allowed to have a king. Israel was allowed to have its own religious structure to a degree. But everyone knew they were under the thumb of Rome. If a Roman soldier, not even a centurion, not even a ranking officer, walked up to a Jewish man and said, here is my my backpack, you carry this for me a mile. They were required to do it. If it was for the Jewish people, that also meant that the Christians in the Jewish community, the Christian Jews, would have to obey Rome as well. They would have to pay taxes to Rome. There was a a political storm, and it, and it, and it, it worked deeply within the hearts of the Jew, many of the Jewish people that this is wrong. This is wrong. That's why the hope of Jesus as the Messiah included with it the sense that he would be the one who would throw off the Roman yoke and that they could return to the days of King David and Solomon independently strong as a nation. They were stirred. They were troubled by a political storm. There's some folks... I'm speaking to you this morning, and you, you are in the middle. You are feeling the throes of a political storm. And there is no doubt that America in these days is in the middle of a political storm. That we are headed diametrically opposed to the direction that would please the Lord in many ways from the founding of our, of our nation. Yes, there was the sin of slavery. Yes, there were the sin, other types of sins going on. But in the middle of all of that, God was creating a nation that would be a beacon of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the rest of the world. That there were no, there were no hesitations about that which would form the fabric of our, of our Constitution and our, our um, uh, Declaration of Independence. It was the Scripture. It was the Scripture. It was the Scripture. But we would have those in authority over us to at least some degree who would want to turn their backs on the Bible, on the Scripture, and upon even the name of Jesus Christ as being central to the founding of our nation. We're in the middle of a political, a political storm. But here I want to say to you, in the middle of that political storm that you may be feeling, the winds fiercely blowing against everything that you feel is right, into that storm, I believe the Lord wants you to know that He has the power to send His Spirit in power in the middle of that storm so that we are not 
animated by anger. We are not animated by hopelessness. We are not animated by the things that could drive us in a wrong direction. But we can, even in the middle of a storm, a political storm, be marked by the peace of God that passes all understanding. Marked by the hope of the Lord that it's not all over. It's not all done. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing. Even in the middle of a political storm. That if we understand what God is able to do. He doesn't have to fix one thing in the natural. He doesn't have to fix one thing in Washington in order for those who love him and who are trusting him to be filled to overflowing with hope and his peace and his joy. Amen. The the early church was in the middle of a political storm, and it was into that political storm that the Lord sent his spirit in power. Political storm. Religious storm. Religious storm. The same faces of the same men who orchestrated the crucifixion of Jesus Christ were still in their positions of power. That had not changed. The Roman leadership had not changed. Pilate was still there. The centurion, others were still there. But but the corrupt... High priestly family, Caiaphas, Annas, all of that whole clan, folks, was still in power. The, the, The good news about the coming of the Spirit in power into your life and my heart means that there doesn't have to be the change in the faces of the big mouths with the big scepters and the authority in an earthly sense. There doesn't have to be a change out of any of them in order for you to walk in the joy of the Lord. If we don't accept that, then we're giving the right to rule over our hearts to people. Instead of it being that the one who owns our hearts and rules in our hearts is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is His Spirit. It is His Spirit. It is His Spirit coming in power that makes all the difference. The power of the living Jesus inside us has the ability to give us strength, give us a sense of hope, even when the faces don't change. Have you got some faces that when they just look at you or when they just speak something to you, they can have the ability to shut you down, to cripple you? That can be a storm, a religious storm, a political storm, but those resulted in what we would also just easily say, quickly say, an emotional storm. The, the, The one that they had lashed The hope of their lives to Jesus of Nazareth has been crucified. He's been victimized by the Romans, victimized by the religious leadership. He He had been beaten, cruelly treated, put to death. The hope is now that he is, a, he is alive, that, that there's some hope for the things that he promised. But that was still Jesus alive from the dead, Jesus there. But what he's saying is there's going to come a time when it won't just be you trying to remember what I said to you 
or the example that I would try to be before you, there's going to come a time when my spirit that has been with you, my spirit is going to be in you, in you, in you, meaning that he would bring with the coming of his spirit to dwell within us, he would bring with him the ability to heal a broken, sad heart, that he would be able to, to impart within us, within his people, the ability to believe, the ability to love, the ability to forgive, the ability to be bold when we need to be bold and not run the other direction. When the day of Pentecost came and they were all gathered together in one room, rushing mighty wind happened. The tongues of fire began to move around and touch the ones that were in that room. And the scripture would say that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Spirit of Jesus. As we've said often in, in recent days and months, this isn't the Spirit filling them who is the weakened Jesus. This is not the Spirit of the crucified Jesus. This is not the Spirit of the human Jesus in the sense that He had emptied Himself. He came as a man. He lived and died as a man, suffered the sacrifice of a man. No longer man. He's, that's, that's in the past. Now He has been raised to the right hand of the Father, and he's been given all authority on heaven and on earth. He's, he's been given the name that is the name that is above every other name. He's been given the name that is over all, Ruth, all earthly authority and in, in heaven and in hell and on earth, the Scripture would say. And it is the Spirit of the exalted Christ that is now being poured out into the church. Their storm politically, their storm from a religious standpoint, their storm emotionally, now into, into their human psyche, into the places where they would have felt all of those points of impact, into that moves the spirit of the exalted Jesus Christ. That's the only way you can explain how Simon Peter turned from the coward into the champion. That's the only way you can explain how they came out of their houses and they began to publicly identify themselves with Jesus the Christ. Into the storm, into the storm that had paralyzed them, that had crippled them, that was shutting them back and slowing them down. Into that storm, Jesus poured out his spirit. I'm wondering if there's anybody listening this morning that finds that to be incredibly good news. It, it, it's not when you get yourself fixed that we qualify as a target for the Spirit to fill us. It's not when we have everything right. It's not when we're not struggling anymore. But it can be in the deepest, darkest, most helpless places and seasons of our lives when our cry is, Lord, we read this, we read this, we read what happened in these lives, and we, we, we say, Lord, I need that. I need that. Send your spirit in power for Christ's sake. Now, the storm that we're in is 
children of the Lord as we're alive on this earth, the storms that we, that we go through because we are followers of Jesus. It's a, it, it's a, it's a God storm. We're, we're standing, representing him, desiring for, for his name to be known through our lives, desiring that we would be a witness for him. And Satan will hate that. The forces of darkness will try to shut you down will try to, try to cause you not to be as bold as the Lord would want us by His Spirit to enable us to be. So I want to ask you to turn with me to Acts chapter 4 in your copy of the Scripture. And I want to, I want to just reread a section that we've, we've looked at before in days, in days past. And, 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 but it, but it's, it, it's timely and it's encouraging, I believe, for us to realize that this matter of the Lord filling us with His Spirit, coming to take over by the power of His Spirit in our lives and in our hearts, is not necessarily intended that it just be one time and that we never have to deal with things again. That we, we, Once you experience the, the Lord possessing you and, and, and filling you with His life, that, that's good for the rest of your life. We're not talking about salvation. We're not talking about losing forgiveness. We're talking about power. We're talking about enablement. We're not talking about whether you are a son or a daughter of the king anymore. That's established when our faith is set in Jesus Christ. That's once and, once and for all from now on. But we're talking about the ability to live as a witness for Jesus. We're talking about now the, the power within to, to, to live in a way that the scripture would say we ought to live. We have to keep in mind that if you, if you only study the Scripture and you read through and, and are very well acquainted with the standards for the Christian life, but, but you, never, you never move into the, the, the how that's going to happen, how this treasure in an earthen vessel is going to be able to live in a way consistently that pleases the Lord. It will only be by means of the empowering of the Spirit of Jesus giving you and me the strength to be that way. It's not going to be enough just to know we should never do something or we should always do something this way. The, the, the important aspect of this is, that the, is the power that it takes to live the way. And that is why Jesus would say, it's not enough for you to have all the information of the kingdom and all the things that I'm teaching you you're going to need my power, my spirit alive within you in order to be able to do those things. So we find when, when we get over to Acts chapter 4 that, that, there is, that there is that setting where Peter and John had been hauled in, taken before the Sanhedrin, the same ones that, that had interrogated Jesus, put him on those mock trials, and orchestrated his death. Those same faces now came after Peter and John because they were jealous of what had happened in the temple and when the, when the man who had 40 years old had never walked a day in his life, but Peter would say in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk, and he walked, and the crowd gathered because they knew that man, and, and it was an amazing thing. And there were, there were 5,000 more that, that came to believe in Jesus, 3,000 on the day of Pentecost, here's another five at, at this pre and it stirred up the religious people, the religious leadership. They were threatened by this power. The power of God will always threaten a powerless religious system. The power moving in people 
is always going to be a threat to a religious system that is just trying to control. And that was all it was, basically, at this point in time. And so they, they called in Peter and John, and they, and they interrogated them, and they, and they commanded them not to speak anymore in the name of Jesus. But it says when, when they left there, and you, you find this in, in Acts chapter 4. This is verse 23, Acts 4, 23. And when they had been released... When Peter and John had been released, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them, all the threats. And when they heard this, they, they lifted their voices to God with one accord, and they, they, they prayed the prayer, and that, that O oh Lord, if you, you are the one who made the heavens and the earth and the sea, all that's in them. You're the one who by your spirit through the mouth of our father David, the servant, your servant, said, Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples devise futile things? For the, for, for the kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against our Lord and against his Christ. And, and then they make application of that, that psalm to where they were. For truly in this city they were gathered together against, against your holy servant Jesus, whom you didst anoint, both Herod and Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. Then they go on, and now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the Word of God with boldness. Began to speak the Word of God with boldness. Boldness is an emotion. Boldness is an emotion. Into the storm in which they were enduring, in which they were engaged, into the storm, God granted by a fresh filling of the Spirit, another measure of boldness. That could be translated confidence. It's mentioned two or three times, specifically in this fourth chapter, that they were recognized as men having been with Jesus, the Sanhedrin, the leaders, because they couldn't get over the boldness in them. Folks, here, here's what I feel like we need to press in. and What the Lord wants to do in your life is not just information. He doesn't just want you to know right, wrong, or indifferent. There are things He wants you to feel. There are emotions that He wants to be enlivened and enabled within you so that from an emotion, you are driven. You're not having to fight back a wrong emotion. In this sense, it's God putting His emotion. By His Spirit, in your heart and in your mind. What, what happened here is that the interrogation, the intimidation by these earthly rulers, the religious leaders, the same ones who came after Jesus. We have this treasure in an earthen vessel. Therefore, it's possible for us to get tired emotionally, in the things that we go through, even in trying to be a witness for Jesus. The amazing thing is, when they were released, when Peter and John were released, 
they found their people. They, they found their brothers who would pray with them and pray for them, who wouldn't think they were crazy, who weren't telling them that you just need to chill out, back down, back off, apologize so we can keep going. There, there was none of that. It was a shared heart, and they prayed. And we read through the prayer, but what we find what we find is so striking is they, they list, they list the, 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 the Psalms and, and then they say that is what happened with Pilate and these others being here. But then they say it, that was all in place in order for what had already been ordained, what had already been planned in the mind of God to be done. That our God was bigger than the schemes of the enemy to destroy Jesus, that it was all a part of God's amazing plan to rescue and redeem a lost world. The religious leaders and political leaders thought they were controlling it, but God in his infinite wisdom and power was controlling what was going on there. They had in a sense, because they quoted that verse, they had that realization deep within them. We are, though we're in the middle of a storm, we are smack dab in the middle of the plan of God for our lives. Brother or sister, if you want fresh hope in your storm and you can trace it, trace it back to where, you're, where you are because you were trying to follow the Lord, that, that you weren't trying to run from him, but you're in a place desiring to honor him and magnify him, then it can be something significant to your spirit to your soul, to say out loud, Lord, what's going on around me is according to your plan for ultimate good in my life. I am smack dab in the middle of your plan for my life, even though it looks like all hell is breaking loose. We know that God causes all things to work together for good in the lives of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. It doesn't matter the measure of the storm, the degree of the storm, the type of the storm. If your eyes are bent upon following the Lord and seeking him, Jesus would say in effect, don't be surprised. If they persecuted me, they're going to come after you too. But you're to know that your father is bigger than all of that, <laughs> that he will cause it to work together in your life for good. And that's exactly what these men were certain of. All of these things happened according to your purpose and your plan. And they, in effect, were saying, as they relate what was said in the Psalms to what they saw going around them and the, and the circumstances in which they found themselves, we are in the middle of the plan of God for our lives. We don't understand how it's all going to work out. But we're right where we're supposed to be. Have you ever had anybody crazy enough to say to you, going through whatever they may be going through, loving the Lord, following the Lord, being able to say back to you, I am right where I am supposed to be. Where do you get that? You get that from the sense of the Spirit of Jesus inside you, bearing witness with the truth of his heart. I have you where you are to be for now. You won't always be in a storm, but in the middle of the storm, I am there. I am with you. You're not going down. You're going through. Amen. 
Okay, but look at this next part, how they prayed. And now, Lord, and this is verse 29, and now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that thy bondservants may speak thy word with all boldness. Now, what I'm about to say, I'm not intending to make anybody mad, but if you get mad, just, you know, just, just go back to the Scripture and see if that's what it says. All these followers of Jesus, all these men said with regard to the political storm and even the religious storm, all they said to the Lord was, take note of their threats. Take note of their threats. They didn't start with Caiaphas. Annas worked through the family and consigned the names of those men to eternal destruction. That they, they didn't take on the devil. They just said, Lord, take note of what they're doing. Take note of their threats. Now, I'm not saying we aren't supposed to pray against what the enemy is scheming through the current administration in our nation and many quarters of leadership across our nation. Where we see evil, where we see that which is directly opposed to what the Lord in his heart through his word would reveal, we, we resist it in the name of Jesus. We enforce the authority of the Lord Jesus against evil and darkness and wrong and lying and cheating and so forth. But we're to understand that that is not to be that which consumes us. What, what, what is to consume us is not what's going out there, what's going on out there. Listen to me. It's about what's going on in here. That, that if we spend all our time blaming Washington or, or blaming a political party or blaming this, and we, it never settles in on us. But the Lord, even with those things going on, he wants us to know the sense of his strength in our hearts. That there won't be anything done that will go beyond his reach and his provision. That in that place of believing him, there is rest. I know I'm hollered, rest. I mean, I'll say it a little sweeter and softer. But we can, we can see the wrong. We can see the wrongdoers. But it's gotten all out of kelter inside us if they get bigger than God. If they own our hearts. If every time the news comes on, we, we have another crater fit. Instead of it being, Lord, take note of the threats. You hear what they're doing. We're praying for your will to be done. We're praying for your kingdom to come in the places of leadership. But Lord, what is more important than anything happening out there? If you would do something in here that would cause me to know your joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Can I say that again? The joy of the Lord is your strength. So we got to check it. What's my joy level? 
Is there any joy? You, you focus all the time just on the news and just on the negative, and, 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 and negative news is what sells. It's hard to sell positive news, so that's why everything can be so negative. You focus on that, and your joy level, I'm giving a testimony. I've had to just fast my way away from a steady diet of, of all kinds of the feeds and all kinds of the news because you end up being crippled emotionally. You end up with this little tiny view of God that this is, this is how everything is. This is how bad it all is. Where's God? Well, I can't find him. I know he's supposed to be there somewhere, but it's because we have shifted the focus to somewhere else when the Lord is saying, he's saying to the church in America today, here's what he's saying. You look to me you trust me. You cry out with your whole heart, Lord, send your spirit in power to this heart. And then pray, Lord, send your spirit in power to our leadership, to the ones in the cities around the world, in the nation and government. Lord, send your spirit in power. That, so so they, they prayed, they prayed, they prayed, Lord, take note of their threats. But they didn't consign anybody to hell. They, 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 didn't, they didn't try to call down fire to destroy the whole Sanhedrin. That's all they said. But the focus of their prayer, which resulted in a fresh filling, a fresh measure of wholeness, a fresh measure of the sense of the presence of the Lord Jesus in their hearts, was this prayer. Lord, take note of their throats, threats, and then grant to us, your servants, Boldness to speak your word. That is a, another way of praying, Lord, send your spirit in power to this heart. The evidence, the evidence of the filling of the spirit in the early church was this unmistakable boldness, confidence to speak of Jesus. It was, it was an emotion, but it was a vital emotion. That they had the, we, we could go through the words. We could go through the motions. But, Lord, we're asking you to give to us what you gave us before. We've lost our boldness. We've lost that sense of confidence. But instead of trying to crank it up in their own strength, they went to the Lord realizing that it was a supply that only he could deliver. I'm talking to some folks this morning who have known seasons of that kind of boldness and confidence in your life. You've known the Lord's doing, using you, speaking through you, acting through you, standing boldly for the Lord, but then as time has gone on, Maybe that's been lost. Maybe that's been diminished. And so we come back to, Lord, I just can't do it. I guess it's just not for me. I, I guess that living by the power of your Spirit is something that was just for that season back then in those years in my life when the Lord would be saying to you this morning, what I did before, you watch me do it again in you. Ask me, ask me. Ask me. He did not put upon these apostles the pressure of regenerating fresh boldness. 
Well, you know that's how you're supposed to live. And even though you've been interrogated by all these high and mighty folks and powerful folks who have the ability to put you in jail in a, in a human sense, it's still up to you. It's still up to you to get your boldness back. It's still up to you to get your, get your go back. They understood that if it was up to them, they'd go back to fishing on the Galilee and opening up a business on the bank if it was up to them. But they understood that my ability to be a witness for Jesus, my ability for his life to flow through me is directly contingent upon him filling me with his spirit. So they asked for it. They'd already been filled once, but now they're praying, Lord, do it again. I'm saying to some brothers and sisters out there, you hadn't prayed that prayer in a long time. You thought that maybe that was something just for your 20s or just right after you got saved or in certain seasons of your life. And I believe the Lord is saying, I feel like he's shouting it to the church in America, ask me to fill you again with power. Ask me to fill you again with power. What will the, re the result of that be? It will be as this indicates, a boldness, a confidence. Not boldness in the sense of shouting down a locked door, but boldness in the sense of knowing what you know that's alive and real within you, of who Jesus is, what he has done, what he can do, and what he will do in a life that will open up to him. Fill me, Lord, with power by your Spirit. They prayed that. Grant your bondservants boldness, that we may speak your word with boldness. I believe they were saying in another way, Lord, send your Spirit in power to our hearts again. Lord, send your spirit and power to my heart again. Don't assume that he doesn't want to do it again. Don't assume that it's too far in the past. Folks, listen, the needs back yonder when we were walking in the power of His Spirit, as many would testify in certain areas of your life, th th those days are gone. Those days are gone. The urgency for the church to be what the church is supposed to be is greater now than maybe ever in the history of our nation. This is not the time for us to be asleep. This is not the time for us to say, oh, that was then, but this is now. No! Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That his word remains true, though every man becomes a liar. Lord, do it again. Send your spirit and power. Send your spirit and power. Send your spirit and power. Send your spirit and power to this heart. But then they also prayed while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place in the name of your holy servant Jesus. They prayed, Lord, 
fill us with power, send your spirit in power, the result being a boldness to share, a confidence to share. But oh, we need to understand the rest of this prayer. They, they got it. It's not going to be enough for us just to be the verbal witness of who Jesus is, what he's done, even what he's done in our lives. But Lord, we need you by your spirit to confirm in the hearts of the ones that hear it that what we're saying is true. Signs and wonders, that's exactly what that means. It could be something medical. It could be something in a business realm. It could be something in a family situation. But Lord, open your hand to heal. And we're asking for signs and wonders to confirm, to convince that what we have said in boldness is confirmed and convincing to the hearts who hear it. You say, well, I'm not an apostle. You know, I don't know about all that. I believe, I believe, if you will pray this prayer from an honest heart, Lord, send your spirit and power to this heart and grant to me the boldness, the confidence to speak in your name. And then, Lord, I'm asking you that to the ones you send me to speak to or to write to, that in the hearts of the ones you send me to, you will do something. You'll do something to convince them that what they just heard is true. Folks, the Lord is wanting for the Holy Spirit to come out of the book of Acts and to do his fresh work in our hearts. Here, here's a bold statement, a radical statement. The church is not here. The church is not here. The church is where you are and where you go. The, the presence of the living Jesus going with you to H-E-B, going with you to your parking lot where you park your truck or your car and go into your, wherever your traffic patterns are, that's where the demonstration of the life of Jesus in the members of the ecclesia, the true church, to be expressed. That's where Shirley and I, starting not this Wednesday, but the following Sunday, the following Wednesday, September the 7th, I think, Wednesday night, Fellowship Hall, we've just had it on our hearts for a while to spend some time, invite those of you who wanted to come, come here, we'll, we'll live stream it, but we really like to be close and in a room, and the title is just simply going to be The Church That Jesus Builds, The Church That Jesus Builds. He doesn't build a building. He's not in sheetrock. He's not in stained glass. He's not still hanging on the cross. He is alive in you. Where you go, Jesus is. The exalted Christ alive in you. He sends you. He takes us. We're praying, Lord, fill me with your spirit in power. Open my eyes. Let me be the witness. So he, he takes you. He shows you. He brings to your mind. Folks, you need to say something to encourage it may be somebody you've never met, 
You, you, you hear the stories of one just being, being led to North Star Mall. Don't even know why I'm there. But you get there and you start walking and you begin to see ones that just need encouragement. If you say, well, how big a deal is that? That's a huge deal. Because you may be the sign and wonder that somebody else had been praying what happened who's already shared Jesus with them, but they felt alone, they felt abandoned, they felt an orphan, they felt that there's no hope. And then here you come saying just one word, Jesus. You come saying, Could I, can I pray for you? One of our brothers before the service told about something that happened in his life just this last week, and he'd been praying that and, and remembered what was said, that, he, that I've, I've, I've never had anybody turn me down. Can I pray for you? Even though they're cold strangers, never met before. The kingdom of God is for the poor in spirit. The ones who have it all together, they're, they're not maybe ready to give any, any indication of an interest in the things of the Lord, but you find somebody that's going through a hard time, poor in spirit, a broken heart, a sad heart. It doesn't matter the age. You may be, you may be 85 and you got a 15-year-old and you're drawn to them. Well, if they can help, if you can help them, if you can encourage them and they get some life from you in the person of the Spirit, then amazing things can happen. This brother said there's a a guy that, that, that works with him and around him and, and physically formidable and all of that. And, 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 but he just noticed that the, the guy was in some kind of a need, felt in a, just felt prompted. Our brother felt prompted to just say, can I pray for you? It, it wasn't on the agenda. It wasn't in a church. It was in an office building or wherever they were. And he prayed. And he prayed for him. I didn't say how long it was, but, but, but the guy, this, this big guy just, just broke down. His heart was heavy. His heart was hurting. And the Lord sent that brother, just like he will send, into a spot right on time. And, and here, here's what happens. Is that, that that person may not at that point in time get it. <laughs> but you know what will happen to you? I tried to say this last week. Your socks will start rolling up and down inside your boots. Well, ladies, i got to figure out something for you. Because you have a sense that the Lord sent you there. The Lord put something in your heart to pray. And some way, somehow, you did what you did, obeying the Lord, and you are blessed. It's like you get an inside your heart, hallelujah, from the Holy Spirit inside. Good job from the Holy Spirit inside. That's why you're here. And so you go from that. Where's the next one? Where's the next one? Where's the next one? Some of you are disqualifying yourself right now. Did you, I, I, I just sense it. You say, well, that's good for some people. But what if, what if the Lord is it, it, just, just the next thing, just, just the next thing. We don't have to think about the next five years, but the next thing the Spirit prompts you to do, do it. The next thing the Spirit prompts you to do, do it. See what happens. And I believe you'll find yourself with a sense of joy rising up and fresh love for Jesus and confidence that rises up. And then you're praying, Lord, confirm it. Confirm it with signs and wonders. Confirm it. Whatever you need to do, Lord, confirm to that one you just sent me to. You just had me write to. You just had me call. You just had me be with. 
confirm to their hearts that what I have said to them about you is true. That's how it's supposed to work. America will be changed by one American at a time. Being encountered with the living Jesus, the witness being given, revival sweeps this land where there may be hundreds of thousands in a week's time coming to faith in Christ, but they will be doing that because somebody somewhere has shared Jesus with them, believing that it was not a waste of time and that they were worth the effort. The greatest thing we can do for the rescue of our nation besides praying is to follow the prompting of the Spirit individually to the ones He sends us to and praying, Lord, send your Spirit and power to that heart. Send your Spirit and power to that heart. Now, as we close our time together this morning, I want to invite those of you who are in a storm. You're in one right now. You, you feel the effect of the strong winds, the shaking of your circumstances, violently even. And you would want to know what it is by the power of His Spirit to be filled in your heart with His Spirit that you may be in the storm what He wants to enable you to be. If you're, if you're in a storm, I want you to stand up right now. If you're in a storm and you're watching by way of a part of our streaming family, would you just open your hands or stand up in the room, wherever you may be? I want to pray for you. Surely I want you to come here and just stand with me if you would. Please. If you're in here, just, just open your eyes. Close our eyes. Just, just open your hands. Lord, we bless you today that everything you have ever been before, you are today. Everything that you ever were and did in the Bible days in Israel, you are able to do today in this place, in our hearts. Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you will send your spirit and power to the hearts of those in the middle of a storm. Show them, Lord, the difference that you can make. That it doesn't have to be the reversal of the circumstances in the natural. It doesn't have to be that the faces of opposition change. Lord, I'm believing that your heart is to show your people that you will make the difference in their hearts as you send your spirit and power to take over, to own, to rule, to refresh, to bring rejoicing. Send your spirit in power to our hearts. 
my brothers and sisters, don't count on this prayer as the thing that'll get you through to next Sunday. You're being led in this prayer by these words from up here. But let this be the regular cry of your heart. Morning, middle of the day, in the evening, in different settings. You don't have to be quiet and by yourself to pray this prayer. You can be in the middle of a board meeting. You can be in the middle of a large group or by yourself. Lord, send your spirit and power to my heart. We broaden it, Lord, for we are desperate in our nation. Lord, send your spirit and power to Washington, those in Washington, those in the White House. Lord, send your spirit and power to the seats of government in our nation, in our military, in our police forces. Lord, send your spirit and power to the churches of this land. We look to you for a fresh outpour that will sweep our nation and turn us back to you in your way, in your time. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Say this with me. That simple prayer. Lord, send your spirit in power to my heart. Now, don't be mad at him if nothing's happened. If you hadn't asked him. We have not because we ask not. Ask him and keep asking and keep asking and keep asking. Amen. Streaming family, bless you for being a part with us today and so faithful all over the place you are. We love you and are grateful for you. Pastor Walker at alamocity.org. Just a brief paragraph of how we can pray for you. Let us know how the Lord is answering prayer. I would love to get from you some stories of how you felt the Lord lead you to some place, lead you to somebody, what you were led to say and what the response was. He will prompt you. You will know. How, how, how will I know when the Lord Do you know when you're cold and you know when you're hot? You know the difference between cold and hot? I'm hot. I'm cold. The Spirit of the Lord will speak to you, cause you to know in a way that you will know. He will. And go with it. The most important thing we can ever do is the next thing the Spirit tells us to do. Amen. God bless you. God bless. Prayer partners, join us here. If we can pray with you, please come this way, and we'd love to love to do that. Today's the best day to give your life to Jesus if you've never done that. Bless you. Bless you. We'll see you next time. Amen.